Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, a special Mother's Day message. I think this is going to encourage all the moms, all the ladies, uh, sisters and daughters, but I think it's even broader than that. I think God's going to speak to all of us today out of Luke chapter 7. Um, if your mom was like my mom, how many of you grew up with hearing mom saying some specific things? In fact, you can still hear her voice saying specific phrases to you. There are some famous mom sayings that are out there. And uh, my mom, and she, this is the gospel according to my mom, all right? How many know mama had her own version of the gospel? Yes, and so there are certain things that I grew up hearing my entire life, and maybe this resonates with some of you as well. My mom used to say this, top of the list, I got about eight or ten things here, top of the list, because I said so. Anybody grow up hearing that? Mama didn't need a reason. If mama said it, that settles it. Uh, What about this? If you keep making that face, it's going to freeze like that. Anybody? Mama said that? Yeah, I kind of put a little fear on you. Really? Am I going to get stuck like that? Uh, I brought you into this world? Oh, yes. And she nearly did several times take you out. Can I have a good amen? Brought you into the... And she kind of said it with clenched teeth. How many of you know what I'm saying? Mama ever talked to you with clenched teeth? Bless God, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Uh, What about this? If all your friends jumped off of a bridge... How did mama know our friends so well? Uh, Yeah, uh, what about this? Don't make me come in there. And then there's some warning shots like, okay, I'm coming in. Um, I I wrote this down. Uh, I'll give you something to cry about. You had tears. She's going to give you reason. All right, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Or what about this? I don't care who started it, but I'm going to finish it. Mama was the finish line. Can you say, oh, yeah? Uh, What about, this is what my mom used to say. I already know the answer to the question I'm about to ask you, but I'm going to give you a chance to tell me the truth. Did your mama say that? I see some of you writing that stuff down. You're like, man, that's good. I need that right now. Um, What about this? I'm going to count to three. Did your mama count to three? And as she was counting to three, she's thinking about what's getting ready to go down at three. One, two, two and a half, two and three quarters. Yeah, finally, when she hit three, it was, yeah, it was serious. Or what about this? No matter how you try to hide it, the Holy Spirit will always tell me what you did. Did anybody have a mom that was like synonymous with the Holy Ghost? Yeah, Brother Wayne always says that the Holy Ghost wears a skirt. Now, I believe that, that to be true. Um, When we were kids, I've got an older sister and a younger sister, and we grew up in the trailer court, okay? Anybody live in a trailer? Anybody grow up in a trailer? Yeah, for 13 years, and, and trailer parks have a culture all their own. I say this all the time. You know, you can take the boy out of the trailer, but you can't take the trailer out the boy. 
And mama used to say, we had an alley that went on the backside of the trailer park and she would say, do not play in the alley. We were forbidden to play in the alley. And so as soon as mama says, don't do something, in, in the mind of a child, what's the only thing they can think about? Yeah, I, I'm, that alley, what's, about, what's up with that alley? Mama doesn't want us to be back there. And so my older sister was a rule follower. I was kind of the instigator, and my younger sister, she was kind of the tag-along, that whatever big brother did, she was going to do. So I had that middle child syndrome. I'm starting stuff up. Hey, let's go check out the alley. And so one afternoon, we snuck off when Mama wasn't looking, and we went back to the alley, and here we are in the alley. And my sisters are like, well, what now? I'm like, I don't know, but isn't this fun? <laughs> we're, we're, we're not supposed to be. I mean, this is, how could Mom keep this from us? Look at all the, the opportunities. And it wasn't long who come walking around the corner. Mama had the apron on and she had a fly swatter. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Have you ever been beat with a fly swatter? How many of you, your mama hit you with a fly swatter? Oh, yes, indeed. She marched us back into that trailer and bent us over the couch. And she did it by age. My older sister, then me, and then my younger sister. And with that fly swatter, she went... And like a typewriter, once she reached the end, you know, and she started backhanding us. And so she's back and forth, you know. We're leaned over. She's whipping us with a fly swatter. Mom, I just want you to know your spankings never hurt. They didn't. And, and, and have you ever got the giggles at the wrong time? Yeah. So mama's hitting us with that fly swatter, and I just start. <laughs> I'm laughing. My little sister starts laughing. Sarah starts laughing. And then, sure enough, mama said, do you want me to tell your father when your father gets? How many of you, your mom ever threatened you with your dad? Oh, yes, indeed. It's like, no, mama, it hurts. Oh, the pain. Oh. You know, moms, you see everything. Nothing gets by you. I don't know how you do that, but God created you in such a way where you pay attention to every little detail. My question is this. Moms, if you see everything, who sees you? And for a few moments out of Luke chapter 7, I want to paint a picture of an all-knowing, all-loving God who sees everything about the life of a mom. He sees every detail. He sees every situation. He sees those good moments that you celebrate and those tough moments that maybe nobody else sees but you and God. Read with me in Luke chapter 7, starting with verse 11. The Bible says it like this. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain. Everybody say Nain. Name. I'll tell you the significance of that in just a moment. Small village that kind of cut through the hillside, a community called Nain. And the scripture tells us that a large crowd was following Jesus. Here at this time in the life and ministry of Christ, because of his teaching, because of his miracles, the, the, the fame of Jesus is beginning to spread. He's got, he's got a large following and people know that wherever Jesus is, something's going to happen. So they're approaching this village called Nain with a large entourage of people. The Bible says in verse 12, a funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. A young man who had died was a widow's only son. And a large crowd from the village was with her. Now I want you to see this picture, okay? Jesus is coming into the village 
and he's got his entourage with him. But he's met by a funeral processional. The, the, the writer here, Luke, tells us that a widow's only son had passed away. Some scholars believe he was a teenager. Some think he was in his early 20s. But I want you to consider the plight of this widow woman. She experienced loss upon loss. Not only had she lost her husband, but now she lost her one and only son. I want you to see her grief. It was severe. It was very public. It was tragic. So much so that a large crowd was with her. Now consider the hopelessness of this woman. She she was a widow, and so in the ancient days, as difficult as being a widow may be today, multiply that, and that's the the world, uh, in the ancient world, the life of a woman by herself, without her husband's name, without a, a financial covering, even her one and only son, the namesake and the continuation of her future family, it was tied up in that child. And when she loses her husband, then she loses her son. She's left with such grief. And we see this picture of two worlds colliding. Now, the, the, the name Nain, this village, it actually means green pastures. It means lovely. And you think about it. The life of this widow woman was anything but lovely. Green is an indication that there's life, that there's growth, that there's future. And the exact opposite seemed to be taking place in the life of this widow woman. And yet Jesus, with his large crowd, runs into this widow woman, this funeral processional, and her large crowd, and two worlds collide. Okay, I want you to see this. Do do you see this picture? Jesus comes headlong into this funeral, this weeping, this grief, and this sorrow. And again, when I studied it this week, I thought, that's a picture of the church. God wants to place the church, his body, the life and the spirit of Christ within his people. And he places us within the context of human suffering. And we live in a difficult world where people struggle through so many different circumstances, such unspeakable pain. Rachel talked about that earlier today in recognizing motherhood, and yet this widow seems to have lost all hope. And then she runs into Jesus. Look at what the Bible says in verse 13. When the Lord saw her, now this is the key verse. Everything we're going to talk about today is found in this next verse. The Bible says, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and he touched it. And the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk exclamation point. How many of you, your Bibles have an exclamation point there? I'll tell you what, that is a significant experience. That moment, the young boy, based upon the words of Jesus, he said, young man, I tell you, get up. And instantly the Bible says, the boy sat up and began to talk. Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd and they praised God saying, a mighty prophet has risen among us. God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Oh, what a picture of hope. You know, in in this picture, in in this moment, the the grief of this widow woman, this mom, was met by the hope and the life 
of Jesus himself. And out of this story, some seven verses, there are three movements. And I want to draw your attention to three things. And and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The first, and these are simple thoughts, but I think this is going to encourage us today. Number one, in this picture, in this story, we're, we're, we're looking at this. Number one, God sees. God saw her. The scripture says, when the Lord saw her. It's remarkable to me that Jesus sees this woman in the midst of so much going on. All the activity and the busyness of that day, he sees her. And I want to encourage moms today because I don't know if maybe you're at a season in your life where you feel invisible. God, do you even see me? Lord, do you know my my, my struggle? Do you know the the level of responsibility that I carry? God, I feel like I'm sinking, and I wonder if heaven even has a clue. Tell you this, God sees your circumstances, but he sees beyond that. He sees you. Have you ever felt lost and swallowed up in circumstances? You know, sometimes as a mom, and, and I hear this from some of the ladies, sometimes even Rachel, you know, you wear so many different hats. You know, not only are you, you a mom, but you're a maid, you're a cook, you're a nurse, you're a psychologist, you're a taxi driver. All the things that you do, I want you to know that God sees not just what you do, but he sees who you are. The eye of heaven is upon you. And maybe God sent you here this morning in the midst of all the busyness of life and all that you have to do, and and all that you're going to walk through, maybe God sent you here this morning to hear one thing, that he sees. He's involved. Nothing happens in your world that has ever caught God by surprise. The watchful eye of heaven looks upon you. You're not alone. There are so many different ladies who find themselves at different places in the mom scale. You know, some of you are struggling to be a mom. Some of you have lost your mom. Some of you, you, your your children are at places where you, you wish they were closer to God, closer to you, more involved in your life. Uh, maybe being a mom is a difficult reminder. It's a painful reality of all the things that you hope and dream for, but that you struggle to find. You know, as a church and as your pastor, I want you to know that there is room in the experience of God for every mom at every season in her life. And and for us, I wanted you to know today that that there's a ministry, uh, Beth Forbes helps to lead up a beautiful ministry called Sarah's Laughter. And in fact, they've got a table set up right after service. It'd be great for some of you, maybe you or someone you know, someone you love, because I know Mother's Day can be painful in a lot of different ways. We have a lot to celebrate, but it, it can also be a very emotional experience. And, and, and right after service, it would be a, a great value to you. Maybe you're experiencing this or maybe someone you know and love that didn't even have the strength to come to church today because of the pain involved. It'd be great for you to stop by and listen and hear the support that's offered to moms who maybe through miscarriage or early infant loss or you know, through infertility, they struggle to be what they know God has called and created them to be. There's gifts that we have. There's a book called Baby Hunger that that I think would be a a great value to you. Just to know this, that you're not alone, that you're not alone, that God sees, that heaven knows, and you're a part of a spiritual family that's here for you. The magnitude of being a mom, it's huge. You you, you sacrifice so much, and it's not just a one-time deal. You do it day in and day out. 
In fact, I, I sent my mom a text this morning, and I don't know if my mom was watching or not today. Mama, happy Mother's Day. I love you. The day that I was born, I already owed you nine months of room and board. I mean, you have, you have sacrificed for me. And, you know, that's what mamas do, do they not? I mean, part of their expression of love is to sacrifice. But I want moms here to know this, that you're not alone. The, the, the sleepless nights. The, the, the early morning hours, the tears that you've cried, the multiple jobs that you've worked, every sacrifice that you've made, and you've done, you've done it on behalf of your children and your family, God sees. God sees it. I love this scripture in Matthew 10. It's a great reminder of the loving, watchful eye of God. The scripture says this in Matthew 10, 29. What's the price of two sparrows? I mean, you think about all the birds in the, in the kingdom. A sparrow, what's the value of a sparrow? A couple of sparrows, how much would you pay for them? One copper coin? You know, that's the equivalent of a half a penny. They don't seem very valuable, not worth very much. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. Listen, his eye is on the sparrow. And so I know he watches over me. Moms, you see everything. You watch everything. God is watching you. God loves you. God's there for you. You know, I was thinking about some of those experiences where my mom, she would come to my basketball games. When I was in college, okay, my mom would come to my games and she wore a button that said, my son is number 24. Okay, I'm not talking about junior high. I'm talking about I was in college. And mama's coming to the game with the button. And mom, she's the kind of lady that you heard her before you saw her. She'd walk into that gym and she was scouting her son. Where's number 24? And I'd hear her yelling, screaming. How many of you can recognize mama's yell above every other one? Oh, yes. And so all the guys, they'd be like, hey, Mike, there's your mom. It's like, I know. She'd look around. Where's my son? Where's number 24? Well, I don't see him on the court. Wait, one, two, three. He's the fourth one on the bench. Son, coach, put my son in. My son's number 24. And it was kind of one of those embarrassed but loving it moments, you know, because mama was there to see one person. She was there to see me. Can I tell you, in the midst of all of life and every experience, God's eye is on you. I remember my senior year, we played Southern University. We were at F.G. Clark Activity Center. Come on now. Go Jags. But mama stepped up in there. She was looking for number 24. Just saying, hey. So we played Southern, and the next day, my mom called me early, woke me up. She said, Mike, you're never going to believe this. Your picture is on the front page of the sports section in The Advocate. A full-page color photo of number 24. You know what she did? She cut out that sports page, and she laminated it. She made copies and gave it to all of her friends. Look, there's my son. There's my son, number 24. And I was doing this right here. And I said, Mama, did you see the picture? Number 24 is like this, but number 35 is dunking on number 24. <laughs> Do that lean in. I'm like this. <laughs> 35 is like, who? And the caption reads, Southern routes Louisiana College by 30 points. 
I'm like, Mom, I'm not proud of that. She's like, that's my boy. You're my boy. You're on the front page. Look at you. Ooh, that's little Mike at number 24. Look, she didn't care about the score. She was just looking for number 24. Some of you feel like, God, do you see the score in my life? I'm not winning here. I'm getting beat. I'm getting, I'm getting beat bad. It's embarrassing. And God says, my eye is on you. I, I, I care about you. Listen, don't worry about the score. Jesus said, I've got the final say. The, score, the game's not over. You see, this widow, her life was totally wrecked, and she was losing. But the Bible says Jesus saw her. And not only does God see, look at the next part. The Bible says when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Number one, God sees, but number two, God cares. He doesn't just see and watch from a distance, but he cares. The scripture says that he, his heart overflowed with compassion. In the Greek, it literally means this, that Jesus felt it in his guts. He felt it in his guts. I love serving a God who loves us so much he can feel it in his guts. Mama used to say, boy, I love you with all my guts. I said, mama, that's gross. <laughs> what was she saying? My very insides. Look, look you're, you're in the very core, the very center of who I am. When Jesus saw this widow woman, he was moved with compassion. You know what we love about you, mom? Not only are you tough because life is tough, but you're tender. There's a softness that God has placed inside of you. There's a quality of care and compassion that is placed in you by God himself. And, and Jesus was moved with such compassion that he said to her, don't cry. Don't cry. Now, now when he says don't cry, that's not correction. It's an expression of compassion. Sometimes when the ladies in my life are crying, I, 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 I don't know what to do. I, 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 I try to, fellas, how many of you know we fix things? And so we just try, okay, don't, if I'm telling the ladies in my life, don't cry, I'm trying to solve a problem and make that go away. But, but Jesus, when he says don't cry, he's saying it, I understand your pain and I can do something about it. You see, not only does God see, but he cares. Uh, moms, you have such a compassion inside of you. In fact, let me ask you this question. Remember when you were young and, and, and you would hurt yourself or scrape your knee? Who'd you ask for? Ask for mama. Yesterday, Trevor was at Sky Zone, that little trampoline park, at a birthday party with some of his buddies. And so, you know, bounce and bounce, he rolled his ankle. You know, so ankles all swollen. He's on the side, got his foot propped up. And so I go to pick him up and I'm like, boy, what happened? Well, I was doing this and kind of doing that. I'm like, oh, you're all right, man. Just walk it off. Just spit on it. Rub a little dirt on it. Let's God, toughen up, son. You got this. You okay? Come on, let's go. So we got in the car. As soon as we got home, he walks through the door. Mama! What happened to my boy? Next thing I know, Rachel's got him on the couch, got pillows all around him, got his foot propped up, little ice pack, little ice, little chill. Oh, you need some Motrin. Hey, here's a little iPad. Play your games, baby. Anything else you need? I'm like, what? I think I rolled my ankle too. Kind of hurting. You see, moms have a sense of compassion, and we know that. You know, dads, we can be sitting down, watching the game, doing nothing. 
Mama, you're doing three things at the same time. And if your children have a need, they look at dad. Mom! Why? Because we know moms fix things. Mom makes everything better. Everybody loves mom. At my house, Rachel is the heart and soul of our family. I mean, it all just hinges on her. Even the dog follows Rachel everywhere. <laughs> Little Malty Poo, she's right there on Rachel's heels. I mean, won't let Rachel out of her sight. What is that? Moms, you carry a quality of compassion. But let me tell you this. God cares about you. God has compassion. When Jesus saw this woman, he saw her first. Then he cared for her. There was a sense of compassion. I I, I love that about you, moms. Where does that come from? The the source of that inside of you is the Lord himself. I mean, you, you uh, you will labor over dinner, making sure that everybody gets fed. And by the time you sit down to eat, guess what? Your food is cold. Oh, not to mention that cup of coffee that's still in the microwave from this morning <laughs> that you've just gotten so busy tending to things. I mean, mom, you, you do everything. You do laundry for days, making sure that everybody has something to wear. And then you struggle to find what's going to work for you. You know, I remember when, when Rachel and I first got married and I had these fancy ideas of how I was really going to champion the cause of fatherhood in our house. And I said, Rachel, look, when, when, when we have kids, I know your hands are going to be so involved and so tied up caring for kids. When it comes to night duty, I am your man. I'm your hunk of hunk of burning love, but I'm going to be pulling the night shift. And so you don't worry about a thing. When daddy gets home, daddy saves the day. And when Alexa was born that first night, we finally got home from the hospital. And I'm like, baby, you okay? Get comfortable. I got this. I got, I, I'm here. Got the bottle, got all the supplies, got everything. And so woke up the next morning at 6 a.m. I was just refreshed. I looked down. I see Alexa, just a beautiful little angel. That child was just sleeping. I said, Rachel, she slept through the night. She said, no, you slept through the night. Come on, you with me? Mamas, you care. God cares for you. Moms, you'll do anything for your kids. And I want you to know God will do anything for his kids. There's not, you will bend heaven and earth to make sure that your children have everything they need. Guess what? God, the father did the same. He bent heaven and earth to give us exactly what we would need. Look at what the apostle Paul says in Romans eight, verse 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but he gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? Mom, I don't know what you need today, but I promise you God will supply every need that you have. If you need strength, guess what? God's got enough of that to go around. If you need a little rest, God can give you rest. If you need peace, everything that you need, you'll find it. If God wouldn't even spare his own son, won't he also give us everything we need? Bible says that Jesus Stop that funeral processional. And you know what he did? He placed his hand on that coffin. Now, this was very unusual because a rabbi, a teacher, a Jewish rabbi would never touch a dead thing because that would make him unclean. 
okay? And he would have to go through a ritual of cleansing. He would have to take a time out and become cleansed before he could pick up his duties as a rabbi again. Yet Jesus stops everything. He puts his hand on that coffin and everything stops. The the, the entourage with Christ and this funeral processional, those worlds collide. Jesus stops everything. I'm so thankful we serve a God who's not afraid to get in our mess. Sometimes our lives are broken and messy and we can't clean up the things that we've messed up. And here comes Jesus. He says, wait just a second. You see, Jesus first, he spoke to the woman's pain. He said, don't cry. But secondly, he spoke to the problem himself. I want you to see what it says here. The Bible says he looked at that coffin and he said, young man, I tell you, get up. You see, not only does God see, not only does God care, but number three, God speaks. He had something to say. Wait a second. We can't go any farther. I've got something to say about this situation. And I love the words of Jesus. He said, young man. Why did he say young man? Because he wanted everybody to know who he was talking to. And then he says, I tell you. Why did he say that? Because he wanted everybody to know who was doing the talking. I want you to know this. One word from Jesus can change everything. One word. Now, now I know we have friends and we got people that we work with and those that come alongside of us and everybody's got an opinion. They've got a thought. They've got a recommendation. Here's what we think you should do. All those things are good. But let me ask you this. What does Jesus say? What does Jesus say about it? I think his commentary, it's information that we're going to need. I think it's going to help us. He looks at that boy, says, young man, I tell you, get up. Here's a beautiful thing. And out of death and darkness, whew, the Bible says that boy sits up in the coffin. Whoa. You know what I felt in my spirit as we were preparing for today? I felt God, God is speaking life into dead things. Maybe some of you moms have a dream or a desire that you've held on to for a long time and you've just given up on it. You've put it to rest. One word from Jesus can change everything out of death and darkness here comes life the boy sits up what in the world is that boy going to say bible says he starts talking how many like to be in on that conversation what's he going to say whoa 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 what is this what's all the fuss why is it why am i here get me out of this box you see i believe for some of you moms god's trying to get you out of that box of discouragement God's got something to say to you today that will pull you out of depression, out of darkness. The words of Jesus, think about the authority of Christ himself. Why did Jesus have that much power? Consider this. I think the resurrection of this boy was a foreshadow of a greater resurrection to come. You see, God had a son, his only son, that would die on a cross. He would be buried in a tomb. And three days later, with heaven watching and the Spirit of God working, Jesus would come up out of that grave. And because Jesus knew that he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Come on, somebody. Then then, then, by the power and authority of heaven in his life, he spoke to that boy. He said, get up. I want to encourage you, moms, daughters, sisters. I, I want to encourage all of us as a church. God said, 
get up out of that box. Don't stay put. Don't, don't settle. Well, I guess this is just the way it's going to be. Jesus said, I got something to say. I got something to say. I see you. I care about you, but I've got something to say to you. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, here's, here's what I thought about, too, and I'm going to close. Jewish custom would, at funerals, they would hire mourners. They would literally pay these ladies to weep at the funeral of a family member, a friend, a loved one in the community. So this widow woman with all of her entourage and this funeral processional, there were paid mourners who were weeping. Her pain was severe. It was tragic. It was public. I can just imagine when that boy gets up out of the coffin, what are those paid mourners thinking? Oh, Lord, we out of a job. Every time Jesus shows up, I guess we better get more than a deposit next time. You better pay in full before we start all this. Because every time that man shows up, something happens. Every time this, this man from Galilee begins to open his mouth, things begin to move and shift and adjust. You see, God's got something to say to you today. What did the scripture say? Once that boy was raised from the dead, the scripture says that Jesus took that son and presented him back to his mom. I just felt like in the spirit, God's telling some of you moms, you feel like your sons and daughters are far away. God says, I'm going to bring them back to you. Don't you stop praying. Don't you stop believing. Maybe they're not in church. Maybe they're not where you want them to be. But if you'll trust the word of an almighty God, he says, I can get your family from the oldest to the youngest, every son, every daughter, I'll bring back to your care. Do you believe that? I think that's hope for somebody today. Presents this son back to this mother. And I just wonder what that embrace was like. Oh man, all hope that was lost has now been restored. The Bible says that everybody in that city began to praise God. They praise God saying, a mighty prophet has risen among us today. God has visited his people. You know what my prayer for you this Mother's Day is? That you would have a visitation from God. The best Mother's Day you could ever experience. And thank God for all the nice words and the accolades and the affirmation from from everybody else. But a visitation from God is what every mom needs. Amen. Do you receive that this morning? Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org. Or give us a call at 225-753-2273.